0: I believe you're in the right place at the right time, just like we said. I believe we got something good from God for you this very day, and if you made time to come out, I believe you ought to leave with something good. Amen? Amen. We had a a really, really good first experience, Uh, had a full house, full of faith, so I'm believing for great things from them, but they really, really needed this. I know this is the the, the spiritual crowd, that's the... That, that crowds, you know, they just, they need Jesus, but you guys got it all together, so if you just, uh, I'm kidding, I mean, we all need some, right? Amen. Amen. So uh, I, I'm going to um, teach you up and then preach you up at the end, so I just want you to receive this morning, and I do believe you'll go to the next level. You know, here in West Virginia, a couple hours from us is a really cool rock formation called Seneca Rocks, and most of you have um, probably been there. Actually, how many of you have ever taken that long trail? that tracks to the top of Seneca Rocks, yeah. Um, you know, there's actually a few other ways to get to the top of those rocks. One way is obviously that winding trail um, or you can rock climb up the face of that rock or actually a lot of people don't know this, but you can horseback ride to the top of Seneca Rocks. And shortly after we were married, um, I decided that would be an awesome idea to do. Now, you have to remember, me and my wife talked about this the other day. I, I'm um, Now, she's adventurous so much more now, but I'm a pretty adventurous person, and she didn't grow up doing a lot of adventures, so I introduced her to a lot of avent- adventures, and so I thought it'd be a great idea to ride some horses to the top of Seneca Rocks, and so I could tell when she first got on the, that horse, you know, that she hadn't been on a horse before, she wasn't real comfortable, and she had this look sort of like, one, why did I marry you, and two, why did I agree to this? And so they kind of take a methodical, slow approach to the top of the rocks, and then you get off and you walk out on the rock formation, and we started trekking back down, everything was good, and that look of concern had turned into, I got this, this is pretty cool, I married the greatest guy in the world, and so I was sort of seeing that look on her face, and when we got down to almost the bottom of the trail, we were probably two or three football field lengths from the stables. And so the horses at that time had just been walking through their routine, what they're used to doing, and then they saw the stables. And they knew at the end of the stables is, guess what, dinner and a drink. At that point, they had a mind of their own, and they took off just full course, galloping as fast as they could. And my wife, she's not real big, you know, and she's on this horse, and she she went from this to all the way in that last 300 yards, and I was holding on for dear life. And it reminded me that, you know, um, those horses had their own pace, their own stride, and they were going where they wanted to when they had that last, that last sprint. And sometimes our thoughts are like that. If we don't get a rein on our thoughts, how many know they'll just take off, and they'll go where they want to go, and guess what? Their destiny becomes your destiny, and we've got to get a hold of the reins of the thoughts in our lives. And so... Um, we, we, we need to start recognizing when we have what I call stinking thinking. And guess what? We all have some stinking thinking. Let's just call it wrong thinking. And we've got to start to recognize what wrong thinking is. We've got to um, start to understand how we can remove that wrong thinking. And then we've got to understand how we can start to replace wrong thinking. And so I, I want to open up in a scripture that I believe will help you. This is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Y'all ready for a good word this morning? Um, Verse 23 says this, Now, may the God of peace and the God of harmony set you apart and make you completely holy. And may your entire being, and look what it says, your spirit, your soul, and your body be kept flawless in the appearing of the Lord. Now, you know, one of the greatest things that helped me When I learned this principle, and we've taught this here before, that every one of you, including myself, we are actually three-part beings. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. And your spirit is the part of you that when you became a Christ follower, or you got saved, or you became born again, that's the eternal part of you. It was saved. That's where the spirit of Jesus dwells. And that part of you was made completely new. Your spirit is made completely new. Um, You're destined for heaven. But you also live in this thing called the flesh or the body. And that's where your natural appetites are. And so have you ever felt like this? My spirit wants to do this. But man, my flesh has a different desire. Paul talked about it. He said, it's like this tug of war going on inside of me. And then the Bible talks about your soul. I call it your chooser, your soul. And your soul is your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. And that part of you didn't get born again either. But that's the part of you that the Bible talks about has to actually be renewed. Now I was was telling my wife this the other day that I I felt like I kind of came up in a pretty good church. And even worked at that church for a few years after attending there. And no one ever preached one message on how to change your stinking thinking. And man, when I begin to learn that and teach that, I want you to know that it completely altered our lives. So you have a soul. And your soul is your thinking. It's where your mind, will, and your emotions reside. It's the core of your life. It's the heart of your life. And that's where you make your decisions. It's where you feel things. It's your emotional part of you. It's also where you know things. And so I want to say a few things about your thinking real quick. One, um, you, this sounds really shallow, but it's really deep. You and you alone are the thinker of your thoughts. God, God doesn't think for you, but how many know you're the thinker of your thoughts? And so if you're the thinker of your thoughts, what you think about the most consistently is the direction that your life is going to move in. You can't move in the opposite direction of what you're thinking, so you're thinking your own thoughts, and your life is moving in the direction of what you keep thinking. Now, if we can change our stinking thinking or remodel our wrong thinking, guess what? We can change our destinies. We can alter the course of our lives. We can change how things are going in our life. We can change the direction we're moving in, and so we're going to kick off a series this week. Um, It's called Rethink. Rethink. And I believe if we can learn to rethink, we can learn to relive on a higher level. And so we're going we're gonna to spend today talking about how do I recognize wrong thinking in my life? going to help you next week understand how I can remove that wrong thinking, and then the last week, we're going to talk about how I can replace that wrong thinking, and I just want you to know up front, this is not something you can just do yourself, this is something that you have to allow the Spirit of God to do in in, in your life, but no one ever preached to me about changing my thinking, I was telling my wife between the experiences, you know, I was just disciplined and willpowering myself, and help me know, sometimes I have good willpower. You know, like January, you want to drop like 20 pounds, like for eight days, I'm like, I got some willpower. And then like every commercial on TV is pizza (laughs) and sweets. And like my willpower is like, hey, who cares, right? (laughs) Anyone feel me? And so it can't just, if it was just about your willpower, you would have already willed some things into your life. So when I talk about your thinking and your thoughts, here's how I would define your thinking or your thoughts. It's that conversation you have internally it's what you entertain on the inside. It's what you evaluate or calculate on the inside. The Bible uses some words like this. The things you reason and the things you imagine. That's your thought life. So it's this, it's this internal conversation that you're having on the inside of you. That's your thoughts. And the Bible is very clear that that part of us has to start rethinking. It has to be remodeled. And listen, if you've never heard us teach on remodeling your thinking... Be here for the next three weeks. Go back, watch it on YouTube because it is a game changer. It's a momentum maker. It's a game changer in your life. But I don't want you to think that life is, is, is just, about, just about your thinking, but it directs your life. Because we live from our spirits, but, we, but our mind decides if we're going to follow our spirit or follow our flesh. So what, what, what about our thinking? Proverbs says this. Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so is he. Or we could say it this way, as a man thinks, that becomes the harvest or the fruit of his life. So your life is moving in the direction of your thoughts. You are what you think. You, you, you might want to be something else, but you're actually who and what you're thinking. And so your life's just moving in the direction of your thoughts. So if I said to you, how do you recognize wrong thinking? I, I believe these three things will help you recognize if you have wrong thinking. And I just want to say up front, we all have wrong thinking. We all are challenged with wrong thinking. We all um, can struggle with wrong thinking. All of us. No matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, no matter how often you're in church, when you go home through the week, guess what you're dealing with? Your thoughts. You're actually never alone because your thoughts are always what? Thinking. They're, they're, always, they're always sending you messages. And, 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 and let's say this right up front before we dive into this. You are not responsible for thoughts that come your way. But you are accountable what you do when those thoughts hit you. So, and I've told this before, but have you ever been standing, it's a little bit different now, but have you ever been standing in the line at the bank and you see the security guard and he's like this little wimpy dude, you know, like his pants are too big and his, his, his belt's too big. And you're like, I could take that guy, get the money and be out of here before he knew what happened. All right, don't raise your hand if you ever thought, I personally never thought that. I just made that up. But we just think these things sometimes. You're sitting there, you're at the restaurant, you've been waiting for your check for like 15 minutes, and you're like, I could dine and dash right now. I know you've never thought that. I've never thought that either. But those are just things that come our way. So we're not accountable for crazy thoughts that knock on the door, but I am accountable what I do with those thoughts. So don't, don't get condemned for a thought that comes your way, but do be accountable with how you respond. To those thoughts. So what if I said to you that all of us have a little bit of wrong thinking or a lot of wrong thinking? See, before Jesus, before you got into the Word of God, before the Spirit of God started teaching you some things, you didn't know you thought wrong, you just thought. And that's the direction your life went. That's why you did what you did. But now there's a different, there's a different um, conviction in your life. There's a different way of thinking in your life. There's a different way that you want to honor Christ. So there's difference in your life. Now, you can't just act like you want to and you just can't think like you want to because, why? Wow, we're responsible to the Lord. All right, all right. So, so how do you recognize if you have wrong thinking? The first way that you recognize if you have wrong thinking is we have to do some evaluating. So we have to ask what are the most, what's the most consistent, or, or you have to reconci- recognize the most consistent moods in your life. See, if you're, if you're, thoughts lead to your feelings guess what your feelings do your feelings create your moods now the word moods not in the bible but the bible would say it this way the spirit of your mind the spirit of your mind is your mood and so if we pay attention to our thoughts we'll realize that our thinking is creating our moods now listen sometimes it's just a rainy day and it just it, maybe it's just a bad bad mood day but consistently in your life here's how you know if you have wrong thinking you can check your moods. The spirit of your mind or the spirit of your attitude is another way to say that. So let me give you some examples. So some wrong thinking, I'm gonna evaluate my moods. If you ever deal with, on a consistent basis, doubt, worry, fears, inadequacies, insecurities, or negative thoughts. I'm not just talking about you just, just had a bad moment. I'm talking about it's a consistent mood in your life. Okay, so Monday's Monday, but by Tuesday, what if you wake up and you're just in a funky mood? Because you thought about everything that's not working for you. They gave that praise report on Sunday. That girl got her house. I haven't got my house. God must not be listening to me. Things aren't working for me. And all of a sudden, guess what? Our mood starts getting full of Doubt. Or we start thinking on things and it starts to produce worry, doubt, or I'm not good enough, or this, this, they've got this, I don't have, all of a sudden I'm, I'm insecure, I'm in, We need to just stop and do a check on the moods of our life because our thoughts create our moods. Okay, how, how about this one? Um, not only doubts, but regrets. We start allowing condemnation and, and shame pretty soon we're gonna be walking in depression. See, here's what I believe, that God can lift anybody out of any addiction, God can lead anybody out of any depression, but it all starts with what? The word of God changing our stinking thinking. He can lift you to any level in life, take you to the next level, bless you, the Bible says he takes us from one glory to the next, to the next, next. but man, it's our thinking. Now, um, here's why everyone in here, as a believer, it's like you're in war. And a war is made up of battles, yeah. and there might be some battles you don't do so good in. But we can't keep losing the battles. We got to start winning some battles to gain some momentum to win the war. And, and honestly, contrary to the theologian Pat Benatar, <laughs> love is not a battlefield. <laughs> your mind is a battlefield. Y'all know <laughs> Pat Benatar, right? So, love is a battle. It's not your mind is the battlefield, and the war is one between here. Even if there is opposition against you, even if things come against you, even if things are challenging against you, you can start to be secure in in the victory, what? In the war that you're winning, because what I'm talking about, it changes your outlook, it changes your perspective, but a lot of times we're dealing with so much uh, doubt, we're dealing with regrets, we're dealing with these things like condemnation, and what does it do? Check your mood. Your mood shows what you've been thinking. I mean, let me give you a couple more examples. How about a bitter? A lot of times people can just get bitter in life. and bitter, Bitterness is a sign that there's unforgiveness in our hearts. That there is, um, it, it, We get disappointed. It leads to discouragement. And now we're just a, living a discouraged, bitter life. Man, if you've ever been around somebody that just has bitterness in their life, man, it's not the person you want to be around. Just a bitter person. And that's their mood. And why? Because they've thought on some things that somebody did to them, There's something happened to them, that something didn't happen right for them, someone was unjust to them, someone lied about them, someone did something, someone hurt them, someone wounded them. And instead of releasing forgiveness, and really that's, that's what forgiveness means, to let it go and let God have it. And, and, and it actually doesn't just affect your moods. It can affect you physically. We just need to let some stuff go. Just give it over to God. Let God have it. He says, I want to take these things. You've got to roll it over. And it's a faith thing. Because when we start rolling it over, we've got to let it go. We've got to let God have it. And actually, a lot of times, we won't forgive. And once someone hurts us, if we hold on to it, it's not hurting them anymore. Now it's toxic in our life. So forgiveness isn't really for them as much as it actually is for us. But if we hold on to it, guess what? We're thinking on it. We're thinking on it. And then all of a sudden it becomes our mood. So we got to recognize it. How about this? Another one is just pride. Now I know no one in here has a problem with pride. Everyone in the first service, that's them. But this, you start thinking about you, it can lead to anger in your life. It can lead to sin in your life when it's just about me. And so how do you know if you have wrong thinking? Check your moods. I'm not talking about you just had a bad hair day. I'm talking about the day when all of a sudden your mood, you're just down, you're funky, you're you're grouchy, you're, and it's probably because you're just thinking on some things. So how how do you know recognize you have wrong thinking? Well, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to recognize my moods. Here's the second way: recognize the most consistent words that you're saying, the conversation that you're having. Uh, the Bible says uh, something like this: Out of the abundance of your heart, what does your mouth do? It speaks. Or out of the abundance of your heart, your yapper yaps. Now, we did a series a few months ago about speaking. And we do need to discipline our speaking. But here's how you fix your speaking. You deal with your heart. Because out of this heart, the Bible says, above all things, you've got to guard your heart. Actually, the Bible says this. There's no good thing in your heart. So out of that heart. And listen, sometimes we're hurt. We're wounded. Things happen. We're disappointed. And out of that comes words we say. For for example, have you ever just um have you ever th- here 's a good thought have you ever just let someone have it? Three of you well, the rest of you were sorry, you're spiritual giants, but for the rest of us, sometimes you just let i mean you, and, and, and you know on the way out, you know no, this is not good, and, but it 's on the way, and it 's coming, and you just you just let them have it, of course, then you had to repent, you had to apologize, you had to fix something, you lost your job you, you lost your relationship, so something happens just because you but you know what? You didn't just go walking down the street and see that person and be like. Whoa. No, what would you do? You thought about it. You thought about how bad your day was. You thought about if one more person cuts me off in traffic. You're, you're thinking about that person says, well, if they look at me. Oh, if they, if they, if they don't notice my haircut. <laughs> so you have already what? Thought and thought. And it becomes your words. Man, what if we could just think and think? on what Jesus said. And we're gonna say something different because your words are what? Creating your future because you're responsible for every word that you say. The Bible says that. Your words are framing your destiny. So we, we could get some other stuff going on in our heart, amen? And I'm not saying it's the easiest thing to do, but I am saying it's the right thing to do, and I am saying it's the most important thing that we can do. And so sometimes corrupt things come out of our mouth, critical things come out of our mouth, negative things come out of our mouth. So we recognize wrong thinking by the moods that you're in and the words that you say. And here's the other way that you recognize uh, wrong thinking is by the actions, the most consistent actions the most consistent things that you do, or we could say it this way, the most consistent choices and decisions you make lead to your actions. Like I said, you just didn't walk up and let someone have it. You you were thinking about some things. And your life's going to move in the direction that you're going to do what you've thought about. You're going to eventually act out on what you keep thinking in your mind. And so your life is going to be defined by these thoughts that you have, whether you accept them or whether you reject them. And like I said, you're not condemned for the thought that comes, but you are accountable for the what you do with those thoughts. And what you think is gonna determine what you do, and everything you do has a consequence to it. It has a harvest to it. And so how could I tell if my thinking is wrong? Because we all have some wrong thinking. Well, I can tell by the consistent moods I am that I'm in. I can tell by the consistent words that I say, I can tell by the consistent things that I do or where I go or what happens or the decisions that I make. See, the decisions that you make, you've thought on and you've thought on and you've made a decision. Or even back to the things that we say. Um, You know, sometimes we do something like this. Well, you know what? I'm just going to say it. This is how it is. I I just say it how it is. And you just. Well, you know what? The Bible actually says we shouldn't say it how it is. The Bible says faith calls that which is not as though it is. And you speak by faith. So as you see the point we're making here, we need to rethink. If you can rethink, you can relive. Now, it's just not a personal discipline is the Lord doing this in our life. But if you can, so, so many times we're thinking on this level and we want to be on this level, but we can't till we start, guess what? Remodeling, rethinking, changing some stinking thinking that we have in our life. And unfortunately, like I said before, I grew up in a church that I thought was a pretty good church, but no one ever told me how to remodel my thinking. No one ever told me that I had to rethink. I had to change my thinking. No, Because I was just trying to willpower some things. And sometimes we have decent willpower, but like I said, that willpower will not last us. We've got to learn how to not only just recognize, but we've got to, we've got to do something with that wrong thinking. So let, let's keep going here. y'all doing all right? So look at this really cool scripture in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. I want you to get this. We have the living word of God. What do you do with wrong thinking? You're about to find out you have an advantage. Look what it says. We have. Everyone say, "I have, I have. the living." Word of God. God. So you got stinking thinking. You got stinking thinking that was programmed into you, but you have the living word of God. So that means everything that needs to change potentially can change. And it says, so I have the living word of God, which is what? Full of energy. See, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is the word. How many believe Jesus is still alive? How many believe the word of God works? So what you have at your advantage, what you have in your hand is the words of Jesus. And this is full of energy. And look what it goes on in. It says, this is good. And it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword, and it even penetrates to the core of our being. What's in our being? The spirit, the soul, and the flesh. And there's one thing that can cut through all of that stuff and get to the core of our being, and it's the living word of God. And it's full of energy, and it can change wrong thinking, and it can alter stinking thinking, and it can change the way you think, and if it can change the way you think, it can change the way you believe, and if it can change the way you believe, it can actually change the level that you're living on. Let's read on, it gets good. It says it cuts to the very core of our being where our soul and our spirit and our flesh meet and it interprets and reveals the true thoughts and the secret motives of the heart so the word of God can cut down into the core of your being and change and alter the way we think. So you're not destined to live in wrong, defeated, low-level thinking because you got the words of Jesus. And Jesus has said some stuff about you. He said some stuff about you, what you can have. He says some stuff about what you can be. He says some stuff about what you can do. And guess what? It cuts all the way down and can actually change you from the inside out. Let's, let's read something else Romans chapter 12, first two verses. Now, Paul is giving us a message here, and the language is very very urgent. And Paul says, I appeal to you, brethren. So we know he's talking to believers. And he says, I beg of you. So this is, this is Paul saying, listen, if you get something, you got, I beg you, pay attention. I've got something you got to hear. And so Paul says this. He says, um, I beg of you in the view of all of the mercies of God. Make a decisive dedication of your bodies present all your members, all your faculties, as a what? Sacrifice. A living sacrifice. And he goes on and he says, holy, devoted, consecrated, this is well-pleasing to God, and it's actually your reasonable, rational, intelligent service is actually your spiritual worship. What he's saying, in view of all the mercies of God, in view of all the goodness of God, in view of all the good stuff God has done for you, in view of all the goodness that God is in your life, there's something we should do is make a dedication of our life. It's our spiritual worship. Then he goes on in verse two and he says, So don't be conformed to this world or this age. Don't be fashioned after, adapted to all of its superficial customs, but be what? Transformed. Everyone say changed. changed. Everybody say changed. changed. So we're gonna be changed by the entire what? Renewal of our Mind. minds with new ideals and a new what? Attitude. Y'all get that? Look at someone and say, you need an attitude adjustment. Then look what happens. Then you're able to prove for yourself what's the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God, even the thing that's good, acceptable, and perfect in his sight for you. So we're learning how to recognize wrong thinking. I'm gonna check my moods, I'm gonna check my words, I'm gonna check my choices, my actions. And then what am I gonna do about it? Now, next week, I wanna pick up and talk to you about how these thoughts can actually become what the Bible calls strongholds. That means things in your mind that you just don't think you can get rid of. We'll deal with that next week, how to remove those. But let's start learning what we would do with our wrong thinking. And from this scripture in Romans, let me give you these three things here and we'll wrap up. The first thing we have to do, and we have to do these things every day. So daily, what do we need to do? We need to dedicate our thinking. Y'all get that? Dedicate our thinking. Now, think about this, um, if you wanna get healthier, if you wanna work out, you're gonna to go to the gym daily. Now you go to the gym and you, you make time to be at the gym, but you can't actually make things change in you, but you discipline yourself to be there, to work out, to lift the weights, to get on some cardio. So you discipline yourself to be in that place, and then what happens? You start changing from the inside out. You start adding some muscle. You start losing some weight. It's the same thing daily. What do we got to do? We got to discipline ourselves to just lay down our thinking. That word dedicate, here's what it really means. To let go of the grasp of it. It means to let go and let God have it. It means turn it over to God, turn those thoughts over to God. It actually means put those thoughts at God's disposal. So what am I supposed to do with this wrong thinking? Well, on a daily basis, I'm supposed to dedicate Myself and my, my thought. I didn't dedicate myself to letting go of those thoughts. See, there are some thoughts that you have in your life, and they're there because of influences in your life. They're there in your life because of things you heard, things you learned, things you watched, and they're there in your life. But the Bible says, But in the view of the mercies of God and what He's done for you, what do we need to do? I'm gonna lay down my thinking. My my spirit's born again, my spirit's complete, but I'm just gonna on a daily basis go to God and say, I let go of these thoughts. I let go of wrong you know what one of the most humbling and challenging but most accurate things you can do is is to understand this i've got some wrong thinking how many you know that's a hard thing to admit sometimes have you ever had to look at your spouse and say i was wrong y'all remember fonzie he could remember how many how many know fonzie how many have no idea what i'm talking about called YouTube. Go on YouTube, put in Happy Days Fonzie. Fonzie could never say he was sorry. He could never say he was wrong. But you know, it's humbling, but it's challenging. But just to realize sometimes, I was wrong. My thinking was wrong. It was just stinking thinking. And we all have it. But we just got to begin to lay those thoughts down. See, here's the deal. It's probably worse if if you grew up in religion than if you just grew up being a heathen. Because if you just grew up being a heathen in the world, you're just learning some new stuff. But, man, if you grew up in in religion, you got to unlearn before you can learn. How how many got some religion to unlearn? And that's stinking thinking, man. How many of you got to learn some grace instead of the law? So what's the first thing we do on a daily basis? I got to take my stinking thinking and just go to God every morning and say, God, I lay down I put it at your disposal, my thinking. And the second thing the scripture tells us to do is that we have to, on a daily basis, refuse to conform in our thinking. Refusing to, con- to conform. They say your personality is formed by heredity. Her- you know, you inherit the heredity. They're just things you inherit from your parents. Um, they also tell us that um, there are certain experiences you have up to about age eight or so And then the role models, or after age eight, then the role models in your life up to about age 12 or so, these things form our personality. They form the thoughts we have. So there's some things that happen in our lives. There's some things that were spoken over us. There are things that we went through, and they start to form our habits, and they form our feelings, and they form our thoughts. And we got to stop and say, you know what, I'm refusing to think that way anymore. See, what happens is culture comes out, and culture says, think this way. But the Bible says we need to refuse to conform to that thinking. Let let me give it to you another way. The Bible would mean it this way. I refuse to be fashioned after the age that I live in, in my thoughts, in my habits, in my appearances, in my lifestyle. I just refuse that thinking because it's unrenewed thinking. So let let, let me just take a moment and give you some examples. So um, culture says a lot. Experiences, influences, they speak to us, and we just have messages in our head. And they've been there for years. And so on a daily basis, we need to come and say, Jesus, I put them at your disposal. And I refuse to think that way anymore. And maybe, like I said, it could have been from a wound, a hurt, something happened. Or sometimes it's just the influences. Now, let, let, let me pick for a moment. Can I pick for a moment? You know, sometimes we just, not, not every song on the airwaves is bad, but sometimes we just turn it on and we just take it in. And every, every song has a message. And we hear it, and that message gets in here, and it just becomes a part. You can't just hear it and not believe it. If we consistently hear it, it just gets in us. And and, and so here's what I know what you're thinking. All those young people today listen to all that rap music, and it just gets in there. And It doesn't matter if it's rap or country. See, yours was honky-tonk. It's just a different beat. Yours is, and theirs is just, it's just a different beat that you're listening to, but it's, it's a message. And we're just, we're just opening up, receive this message, receive that message. And it gets in our thinking, and then we start conforming to the culture, and we're conforming to the wound, and we're conforming to the old junk and the old way of thinking, and it makes us live the wrong way. Or we go to a movie and we just sit and we just, you know, not every movie's bad, but we just take in messages. And we take them in and they come at us and we just receive it And we get so full of those messages and we want to live a certain way and be a certain way and have a certain blessing. But man, if our thinking isn't there and there's a lot of things stealing and, and, and competing for your focus. Now, don't take me wrong. I'm not saying you can't ever listen to a song. You can't ever go to the movies. Don't walk out of here and say, well, boy, he said we can't go to the movies. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you need to have a, you need to, you know what you have at home with your TV? Maybe you fight over it. See, there was actually a day that y'all going to have to, some of you got to think way back. Some of you will not believe it. There was a day when you had to get up out of the recliner, put your chips down, walk over to the TV and do this. And there were like three channels. So you had, to, you only had about three trips. But now we have this remote. I just got this remote at home. It's awesome. You just talk to it. Anyone got one of those? You, you hit that button and say, turn the channel, whatever. And it just does it for you. Because we are lazy. That's why. But we need to take that remote in our life and say, you know what? That channel needs turned. You know what? That, that thing that I dvr needs deleted. Those thoughts right there, I need to change the channel. I need to get off the depression channel and get into some joy channel. I need to get off the poverty channel, get in the blessed channel. I need to get off the sick channel, get on the healing channel. I gotta focus in, I gotta put it on the right channel. I gotta get some different messages. But we gotta make our decision. I'm not gonna conform anymore. Because what did that conform do? It has conformed you into what the world says, or the devil says, or the flesh says, and you're the, you have become the result of your thinking. But what if we can rethink? Here's the, here, here's the last part. Y'all doing good? Y'all glad you came? So we need to dedicate our thinking, refuse to conform in our thinking, and transform our thinking. See, what God can do with his word is get on the inside and change you from the inside out. That word transform, I know you know this, but it's where we get the word metamorphosis. And it's the idea of that worm going into a cocoon and coming out a butterfly. Now, my wife and my daughters, they, they have this thing for butterflies. My wife is always like, oh, look at the pretty butterfly. Oh, look at the butterfly. Look at the butterfly. But I've never heard her in all of these years go up before it was a butterfly and say, look at the worm. That is a beautiful worm. She's never done that. If she did, I'd be like, yeah, you're, you're creepy right now. Worms, right? But what happens is that worm goes in the cocoon. And see, that worm is your wrong thinking, and it's your stinking thinking, and the cocoon is the word of God. And it gets in that cocoon, and that cocoon starts working and changing and altering things, and all of a sudden, that worm, which is your wrong thinking, turns into a butterfly, and now the butterfly goes from crawling and being creepy and turning into what? A beautiful thing that's soaring now and flying. And that's what, the, that's what that word means. It's just like remodeling. I got to be honest with you. I, I'm not much, I tear up things really good and I make messes. I'm just not the best fix it person. But you know, um, guys, we just think we are. So I'm really good about tearing into a project. And you know when you're remodeling, you, you, you got some things, you tear some things down, you make a mess of things, you got some sawdust everywhere, you're pulling nails out, you're sweating, you're working. And you know what, that's sort of how our mind being renewed is. See, let me give you a little Greek lesson for just a moment. When you see this word transformed and dedicating your thinking, in the Greek, the first thing this is, it's in the passive voice, which means this it's not something you can do, it's something the Holy Spirit does with the Word of God. See, I mentioned a moment ago when you go work out, you can't make all the muscle happen. Listen, I didn't get this, I didn't look like this overnight. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm joking. But the discipline, but what happens is the discipline starts paying off in better health, better fitness. It's the same thing. You can't make it happen. You just discipline yourself to lay some things down. Refuse to think that way anymore. But let God transform your thing. It's what the Holy Spirit does with the word. The Holy Spirit takes the words of Jesus, which is this living book that's full of energy that will cut to the being, cut through the three dimensions in your life. But it's the Spirit of God that does it. This is also written in the present tense, which means this. It's a gradual, ongoing process. Just like that remodeling, man, it's awesome when you get there, but there's a process. And how many know it's not comfortable? One thing my wife hates is when I start a project, because it, it just lingers, you know, and we're stepping over stuff, and we got a project at home right now, it's taking way too long, but yes, it's, it's just not finished, and so it's not comfortable, it's not where you want it yet. And that's sort of like the renewal of our mind. It's not comfortable. And there's, it's messy sometimes, but don't give up on it. It's an ongoing process. But all of a sudden, you know, maybe what needs to happen is you've had some wrong thinking or some religious thinking about poverty. Maybe what God needs to do is take that worm thinking, get it cocooned in his word of God, and let it be an ongoing process to where you can get some prosperity thinking out the other end. Or maybe, you know, a lot of people just believe that God wants them sick, and that's absolutely wrong thinking. But maybe you need to take that thinking. And you can look in your family and see what kind of stuff's been passed down. You can look at your moods. You can look at the words you say. You can look at the choices you make and just say, God, I lay this down. I'm not gonna conform to that any longer. I want transformed. But no, it's an ongoing process. But the good thing is, God's the contractor, not you. My wife is sometimes like, would you just pay to get this finished? Use the me work because I got to fix all my mistakes. The other part of that word is it's the imperative mood, which means this God is not saying in this scripture, hey, listen, guys, I got a suggestion for you. Um, Yeah, here's the suggestion. Um, Maybe if it's all right with you, if it fits your lifestyle, if it's not too uncomfortable, um, if it fits your opinions, and don't want to mess with your theology, I would never want to do that. But, but if you, you know, if you wanted to, maybe you should try renewing your mind. No, the tense that it's written in is this. I command you to let your thoughts be transformed. It's written in the command, the imperative tense, which means God's serious about this. Guys, you're never gonna go to the next level. You're never gonna receive what you wanna receive. You're never gonna become what you can be, unless you start letting your mind changed the cool thing is the Holy Spirit can change it the Holy Spirit can all he can take the words of Jesus take the word of God and change our stinking thinking you have an advantage because you got the word of God you have an advantage because it'll cut through years of wrong thinking some of us in here have years and years of wrong thinking and we're in bondage to certain things we're addicted in certain ways we're hurt we're depressed and we want God just God you know if, you, if you, just just fix it, wave that wave that Walt Disney wand and just change everything. And God said, you know what, my spirit's in you. If you learn to live from the inside out and submit that stinking thinking, we'll change we'll change you from the inside out. See, God wants to change your perspective before He changes your problem. That was awesome. He wants to change. Somebody needs that tattoo. God wants to change. Your perspective, because you know what? The problem's not a problem for God, but your perspective is God's problem. That's why I said, I sent my word. It, it'll change your thinking, thinking. And it's challenging, and it's just a, you know, don't go home tonight and be like, okay, Lord, just change everything, zap me, just alter, I mean, just, and just check under the hood, check behind the, just, you will explode. But how about we just say, God, you know, let's start here. I just show me my moods. Man, what if we prayed that prayer? Wow, what would God show us? He might say, well, you weren't so right about that at work the other day. Or you weren't so right about that with your wife. Or you weren't so right about that with your kids. And God, I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna put these thoughts at your disposal. I'm gonna let go of those things. I'm, I'm tired of being conformed. Anyone tired of being conformed? Tired of being stuck? those thoughts God I want to be transformed man if God can transform he can take you higher Mm, let's all stand anybody get something good out of that today